It's just so magical about Christmas time here. The decorations on the apartment windows, when you go shopping on, on Knickerbocker and Myrtle and Broadway, you see all the lights that are decorated around the shops and the radio stations, you turn it on and you hear the Christmas music, right? You go to Rockefeller, those of you that like to go into the city and watch to go look at the tree and watch the people fall down as they ice skate, right? There's just, there's nothing quite like celebrating Christmas in New York City. But of course, you know, along with all the things that may warm our hearts, uh, with all the things that we really enjoy around this time of year, there's also something else that comes. And there's a, oftentimes a lot of stress, anxiety, and worry, right? especially during this time of year, we tend to feel. Those are also some very, very real feelings that we experience during this season. Is that right? Between the increase in traffic because of all the shoppers, the gridlock alert days, and long lines at the supermarket, right? Christmas parties that you have to attend with family, friends, and friends at, at work that don't even mention how you nearly go into debt because you max out all your credit cards because you're buying gifts for everybody, right? During this time of year, we can tend to accumulate a lot of baggage. You know, when I, when I travel, I try to carry as few things as possible, right? First of all, some, some of you guys need to learn this, right? First of all, it's not fun carrying around like 150 pounds of luggage all through the airport and the hotel room, right? But besides that, if you have a small bag, guess what you can do? You can take it as a carry-on, right? You don't have to check that in. You don't have to wait at the carousel, right? There's no need. You, I can just pick up my bag and be on my very way. I try to pack light. And most of the time when packing for a trip, if you guys realize, a lot of the times, a lot of the stuff that you throw in the luggage are things that you don't even need, right? It's kind of like with my kids. When they want to sleep over and they want to go to grandma's house, you would think, you know, a pair of PJs, some clean underclothes, and a toothbrush, and off to grandma you goes. But of course not, not for them. No, they want to bring their stuffed animals, their blankets, half of their library, pillow pets, tablets, charging cables, toys, and an entire video game system, right? They want to bring all that to grandma's house to sleep over for one night. And this time of year can be like that, can it? it can, we can feel that way. We can accumulate a ton of baggage that we were never meant to carry, especially when you're trying to keep up with the pace of the rest of this world. Think about this for a moment. From right about immediately after Halloween and all the way through the month of December, advertisers, marketers, businesses, they begin to bombard you with messages to try to get you to do what? To try to get you to buy their stuff, to accumulate points, to spend here, to get more of this, to stock up on that. You really need this. You need this new device. You need these clothings. You need this, right? Buy this, buy this. Everything in an attempt to get your business. And all this pressure put on us by culture can create a consumeristic way of living that can lead us to live strapped or to be in bondage to stuff. Because all the messages around us tell us that we need more, 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 more. We tend to have way more than we need. And the result, what do you do when you have more stuff than you need? Man, my house is too small. I need a bigger house. I need a bigger apartment. I need bigger closets. I don't have, I need more drawers. I need, I need all this. Why? Because we don't have enough room for all the stuff that we have. And this consumeristic way of thinking and living can cause us to feel like we're carrying this huge burden that we cannot bear. It, it can feel like this extra weight that you're lugging around everywhere that you go. But God doesn't want us to live that way. God doesn't want you to carry all that extra weight. He wants us to travel light. In fact, if you're feeling the pressure of culture and society pulling you, especially during this Christmas season, listen to the words of Jesus. 
Listen to the words of Jesus and allow it to release you of that burden. You have it there in, uh, in your message notes. It's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Would you guys read verse 28 with me, okay? Ready, go. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Read verse 30 with me. Ready, go. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Are you here today, and are you feeling weary? Are you feeling burdened? Are you tired? Are you overwhelmed? Jesus gives rest. Come to him. You see, ultimately what you need this Christmas season is not more stuff, not more gifts, it's not more money, it's not more time, it's not a bigger closet, it's not a larger storage unit, or more credit for your cards. Ultimately what you need is less stuff and more Jesus. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. In fact, if you're taking notes inside those message notes right there, our big idea is this. You can fill in the blank. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. And of course, everybody in this room reads this and it makes complete sense, doesn't it? But why is it that we don't live this way? Why are we so challenged to, not, to, to live this way? For many of us, we're in a pursuit of more, believing the lie that more success or more money or more stuff will ultimately buy us happiness. But that simply isn't true. I love what Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, penned by uh, the wisest king to ever live, King Solomon. He said this in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Why don't we read this verse out loud together, right? You have it there on your notes and it's on the screen. Ready, go. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and pursuit of the wind. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and pursuit of the wind. You see, so often we go about life with our hands full. We go, with, we go about our lives with our hands full. And if you have both your hands full, you limit yourself on, to what you can do. It's kind of like when you guys go to the supermarket. Fellas, you know this, okay? It's kind of like when you go to the supermarket, you can relate to this. When you go to the supermarket, what do you want to do when you get home? If you have more bags than you can carry, what do you try to do? Guys, you know this. You, you wear all the bags. In fact, I think I have a picture. Is there a picture there for you guys to look? Basically, this is you. Right? Fellas, you can relate to that. That's you. You want to be this guy. You want to take all the pick. You want to carry all the bags. You want to do the on one shot. Why? Because you don't want to take two trips. But guess what? With two handfuls, you can't close the trunk. You can't lock the door. You can't get your keys to open the front door. You can't even turn the knob to get into your apartment. Why? All because you're living a two-handful life just to avoid the second trip to the car. But as many of us, that's, how, that's how many of us are living our lives. Isn't that true? We're carrying more than we were ever designed to handle. And because of that, we're stressed out, we're overworked, we're in debt. But it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. On one occasion in the New Testament, Jesus was teaching a large crowd, right, as he would oftentimes do. And many people would come and gather and hear Jesus teach. And he was teaching about things like about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and how they were living so religiously, but it wasn't really changing their lives. And, and he, he was calling them out. And he was calling people to live honestly and authentically. 
And he was calling people to, to fear God and to follow him and to put their faith in him, the Son of God. And then in the middle of this conversation, in this crowd, one guy gets up. I, and for some reason, I just imagine it must be a young guy. And he's like, hey, Jesus, you know, my brother, he, he, my dad died. He died a little while ago. And he's not sharing his inheritance with me. And while this whole son of God thing, it seems like it's really, really important. You know, I'm taking notes here. It looks, looks like it's really important. We should listen to that. But you, but you know what? Can you please tell my brother to like give me some money? Because it's my money and I need it now. All right? can you, Jesus, can you, can you just put pause on that sermon? And, and can you go tell him this? Now, Jesus, of course, being the son of God, being able to perceive what was truly behind this man's request, ultimately, he, he recognizes what actually laid behind the question, what was he actually asking? Jesus answers him this way in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He says this, watch out and be on guard against all greed. Read this last part with me. Ready, go. Because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. One's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. And what was true for this man in the crowd that day is unfortunately true for so many that we're tempted every day to pursue a two-handful lifestyle. And how true is this, especially during the Christmas season, where every advertisement and every sponsored post on Facebook and Instagram and every billboard is screaming at you, buy me, you need me, get me now, buy one, get one free, right? You can do this now, you need me, you can't live without me. But this Christmas season, we want to travel light. And so for the rest of our time, uh, we're going to look at three thoughts, three things that we can look at to see how we can live a life that's one handful of living. So if you guys are ready, we're going to go through this. It's three points real quick, three thoughts, how to have handful living. Here's number one in your notes. I'm going to throw out. Not throw up, throw out. Throw out. You know, I'm convinced that we are so cluttered. And, and we have so much stuff that we are unable to travel light. I know for a fact that that's true about me. Whether you say about that yourself or whatever. I know for, for sure about me it's true. And that has been a point that I've been chewing on all week. And all, all week Melissa and I, we've been trying to declutter our home. And it's amazing like how much stuff you can accumulate over the years. Right? Matthew tells us about this interaction, right? Between Jesus and a rich young ruler. So imagine, you know, imagine a guy suited up, suit and tie, slick comb over, kind of a young guy, young entrepreneur, kind of, you know, making good money. And Jesus has this interaction with him. And the guy asks him, he asks him, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? What do I have to do? And during the conversation, once again, Jesus is he's able to really know the heart. and He really gets behind the thought of what this young man is trying to really ask him. And Jesus, he does this. He doesn't say it very many times throughout the New Testament. But to this guy, because he knew his heart, he tells him this. You know, he tells him, listen, this is what you have to do. Sell all your stuff. And then the profits from all that nice stuff you sell, give it to the poor people. And then you, you'll, you'll seek out, you'll have that eternal treasure that you desire. And of course, the rich young ruler, this young guy, this young entrepreneur, didn't like what Jesus told him. And look what Matthew 19, 22 says. It says, when the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many what? He had many possessions. Jesus, you're telling me to get rid of all this stuff that I have? You're, trying, you're telling me to get rid of all these things, all the stuff that I have? Now listen, guys, it's not bad to own stuff. And, it, and it's certainly not bad to own nice stuff. It's just bad when that stuff has you. 
And when you, when you determine your value, when you determine your self-worth, and when you determine your dignity by the stuff that you own, and Jesus asked this rich young ruler to have less of what doesn't matter, the, the earthly possessions, the material wealth, the, the big house, the stuff, in order to have more of what truly does matter, treasures in heaven. And all week, Melissa and I, we've been throwing stuff out, trying to simplify our lives, and we've barely cracked the surface. But you know how it is. So often we hold on to stuff because it's like me. Some, some of the stuff has sentimental value. You guys have anything that like really, really matters to you? Something that somebody gave it to you? Maybe it was a gift that somebody gave you. But it, guys, it's still in the gift wrap paper. You never even took it out. It's been on your shelf for three years. And it, but it has a sentimental value, right? Maybe it's the first drawing that somebody did, uh, the uh, report card one of the kids brought home. Guys, we have first teeth still still in the house. Like the kids, you know, they still their teeth is rotting around somewhere on the shelf. Right? We we gather all we hold on to all this stuff. But but guys, sometimes sometimes we hold stuff out, out of fear. Do you ever hold on to things because of fear? What if I'm not I might need this one day? Right? I don't need it right now, and I haven't used it for the past ten years. But maybe one day, maybe the kids are gonna grow up and wanna have it one day. Right? I know for me personally. You know, I have literally dozens and dozens and dozens of clothes right now, literally they're in bags, that don't fit me anymore. But I'm like, what if I gain the weight again? What if I need it? I'm going to have to go buy a whole other new wardrobe, right? I'm going to need it again. But if we're going to travel light, we're going to throw away, right? Maybe donate the clothes to someone who needs it, an organization that can use it. Gift the gift away that's been on the shelf that you haven't even opened. Give it to somebody. Thank, thank God. Thank the person. God, thank you so much, you know, for this gift. It's so meaningful, and give it away. And give it to somebody. If we're going to live one handful of life, we're going to throw out. Here's number two in your notes. We're going to buy less. We're going to buy less. And some of you guys are chuckling right now in yourselves. You're like, ha Danny, yeah, right. It's Christmas time. You're going to tell me to buy less during Christmas time? No way, bro, right? Or some of you are like, yo, I, I was at the stampede at Walmart, all right? You're going to tell me to buy less? I was there on Black Friday. Or you already done maxed out all your credit cards, right, on Cyber Monday or whatever, Right? That's you. Well, for, for you to look at this verse right here in, in Psalm 119, uh, verses 36 and 37, it says this. It says, to turn my heart. This is like a prayer that the psalmist is praying. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to this honest prophet. Read verse uh, 37 with me. Ready? Go. Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Give me life in your ways. Would you guys just underline right there in your notes where it says, turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Here's what I would love for all of us. I would love for us all to get to a point where we can attain our value and our self-worth, not from the stuff that we own, that we wouldn't get that perceived worth from our possessions and the things that we have, but instead that we would get our value and our self-worth and our identity from Jesus. You see, for far too many, we tend to get our identity met from according to the metrics of this world. We tend to measure ourselves according to the rest of the world. We look at what the world deems successful and valuable, and we try to obtain it. And we try to live according to that. So we end up trying to keep up with the Joneses or keep up with the Kardashians, right? And that's the way we live our lives, trying to follow the models on Instagram and the influencers on social media. We want to obtain it. We want to have that. We want to, we want to obtain that. But instead, here's what we can do. Instead of trying to obtain more stuff, we can choose experiences over stuff. Because ultimately, in 10 or 20 years from now, will anybody care 
that you had the latest iPhone in 2018. 10 or 20 years from now, who cares if you had the Jordans that just released, the sneakers that just released, the clothing that just the clothing line that just dropped, the latest DVD that just came out, or whatever. In 10 or 20 years, who will care? You know, when I look back at my childhood, you know what doesn't pop into, uh, pop up into my memory? The elaborate and extravagant gifts that I receive. I can't even tell you of one. But do you know what I do remember? I remember the laughs. I remember the family. I remember the moments we shared. I remember the fun that we had. You know, when I think about my grandparents, I don't think about the gifts that they gave me, the times that they gave me, you know, monetary gifts or they bought things for me. You know what I do remember? I, I remember the trips that we went to the park together when they took us to the zoo or the amusement park, the fun that we had in the car. I remember my grandma cooking a big old pot of arroz con gandules and chicken and, and bringing that in the back of the car. And while everybody else was having their boiled hot dog, we went to the parking lot and we ate like it was Thanksgiving. Those are the memories that I remember. Choose experiences over stuff. Because ultimately, that's what's going to matter. Don't follow the rest of the world, which goes into debt, buying stuff to try to impress that they don't even, people they don't even really know. Relationships, time with people you love, memories, that's what really matters. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with the chasing after the wind. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. And here's our last point. Number three in your notes is this. Give more. Give more. Now we're going to read this passage. It's a, a few verses in 1 Timothy. and uh, Paul uh, wrote these words in, in, in 1 Timothy. and I think it has some uh, very rich information uh, for us in this passage. Look at what it says. It says to instruct those who are rich in this present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth. But on who? But on God who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Read verse 18 with me. Ready? Go. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life. Would you guys just underline verse 18 where it says, uh, to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share. And here's what I need you all to realize. It's this, that, because I know you, you read verse 17. He says, it struck those who are rich. And you said, oh, that's not me. <laughs> Thank God. A part of the message is not about me. But here's what I need you to realize. That we are incredibly blessed. We really are. And we need to really begin to see ourselves as such. Think about how truly blessed we are as a nation and as a people. Then think about the living conditions of people all over the world. Think about the many nations and the many countries that live in extreme poverty. People that don't have a bed to sleep in tonight. People that won't have a meal to eat today. People that don't have a roof over their head. Think about the extreme poverty conditions of so many in our world. Could it be that these verses are talking about us? And if that's so, then what are we challenged to do according to this passage? It says to do good. It says to be rich, not in material possessions and not in obtaining more stuff, but in what? Be rich in what? In good works. And to be generous. And to be willing to share. 
And when you do that, guess what you're doing? You're storing up treasure, not the worldly material kind, but way better. Then you will take hold of what is truly life. You see, guys, contrary to popular belief, life isn't about how much money you can rack up. It's not about the clothing that you wear. It's not about how much you have in your 401k when you retire. And ultimately, uh, too many people have not been able to experience true life and life in abundance because they are enslaved to the world's trap, to thinking that more is better. But better is one handful with tranquility than two with the chasing after the wind. And one of the greatest antidotes to greed and selfishness and pride, you know what it is? Generosity. Think about this for a second. Think about the videos that you watch online, the ones that are shared, the ones that go viral on Facebook and throughout social media. A lot of times they're always shared because they're a cat video. But besides the cat videos, because they often show a moving story. And it's an example of generosity. That's why those videos are shared. Those are the stories that we get emotional about. For example, have you guys seen the video of, uh, there's a guy, he goes around uh, to a bunch of homeless people in the city. And he's in Manhattan. He goes up to, to these people and he says, what do you need? And some of the people respond and they say, well, you know, I really need a new pair of socks. Another guy said, I need shoes. Somebody else said, I need a blanket. Somebody else said, I need a sandwich. I, I, need, I need this. I need that. And he went around and he said, okay, I'm going to see what I can do. And then he goes off, he goes on his phone, and he orders Amazon, and he puts, deliver to the homeless guy on the corner of 59th and 6th Ave, and to see, you know, if they'll bring it to him. So he goes on Amazon Prime, and he orders it, and guess what? Amazon orders the stuff, they deliver the stuff right to the people that need it. Right there, and, and when, when the person comes and says, hey, your name is Charlie, is your name whatever? Yeah, yeah, okay, I got a delivery for you. It's paid for. Those are the videos, right, that tug at your heartstrings. Those are the things that really move you. Those are the stories that get you emotional because it's about generosity. It's about someone giving with no strings attached. Those are the stories that you get emotional about. You know what doesn't get you emotional? When you hear about getting another pair of Jordans. That doesn't get you emotional. And if it does, we got to check you in somewhere. Right? You don't get emotional when you hear about a promotional upgrade to an iPhone 10 or a Google Pixel or whatever. That doesn't get you emotional. But when I hear about a person, when I hear about a group, when I hear about a church with irrational generosity that wants to provide boxes of love for families in and throughout Bushwick and throughout New York City, for people that don't have a meal this Thanksgiving, that gets me emotional. That gets me excited. Because it's about generosity. Better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil and chasing after the wind. Guys, your life is too important. Our God is too big. Your calling is too great to waste your life on things that don't matter. And now why is this such a challenge for us? Why is this so difficult for us? Why is it so hard for us to accept this, to live it, to believe it? The answer is because we're sinful. We're sinful. And our sinfulness causes us to desire more stuff, to live selfishly, to be prideful. Our sinfulness pushes us towards greed. 
And this is why we're bent towards following the way of this world, because it appeals to this flesh. And every single one of us is sinful. The, the sinfulness, the Bible says, this sinfulness eternally separates us from God, our good and perfect Father. Our sin deserves God's perfect and holy judgment. Our sin deserves God's wrath. But God is merciful. God is loving. God is generous. And the Bible says that God gave because He is generous. And out of a heart overflowing with love for you and for me, He generously and He freely gave His one and only Son. And instead of you facing and receiving God's wrath, God's wrath instead is poured out on His Son. And Jesus absorbs God's wrath and He dies in our place And the punishment that you and I deserve was placed onto Jesus. And Jesus' work on the cross, His life, His death, was so that you could experience forgiveness. So that your sins would be forgiven before God. And by the power of the Spirit of God, God raised Jesus from the dead, conquering Satan, sin, and death, proving that all victory and all power belong to Him and to Him alone. And in Jesus' death, you receive forgiveness of sin. In His life, you receive newness of life. And if you're here today, especially during this Christmas season, you feel empty, you feel void, you feel like there's an emptiness, there's there's a hole, something missing. You tried popularity, you tried more money, you tried success, you tried sleeping around, you tried it all. But the void remains. Nothing's worked. The reason is because you have a God-sized void that only God can fill. And what you need to do is receive this generous gift. Receive God's gift of grace. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Receive the gift and it's yours because He is mighty to save. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, help us during this most uh, this busy time and season. There's so much hecticness, there's so much uh, stress, anxiety. Everything around us is trying to pull us away from you and trying to pull us more towards stuff. Uh, but I pray that we would remain rooted in you because our identity does not come by our stuff, the things that we own, our possessions. Our identity comes from you. And I pray over every single one of us here today. And I ask that you would show each of us what's one thing, what's one thing that you're calling us to do right now in order that we would travel light. Help us travel light, Lord. We surrender all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.